0: Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, through, our, through His Son, our risen Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God that calls for our attention this morning comes to us from the Gospel reading from John chapter 21, verse 3. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. So far our text. As we get to the third time that Jesus reveals himself to the apostles, what are they doing? What do they do maybe even ten days to two weeks after the resurrection? They go about their regular life. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. Why? He was a fisherman. That's what he knows. And they said to him, we will go with you. One of those great and wonderful questions we have. Who are they? Well, we have Thomas, the one we talked about last week, with his reputation for having doubted Jesus. We have Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, who said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? You have the two sons of Zebedee, who wanted to call down fire from heaven because the town didn't want to listen to them. And then you have two others that John decides not to name. But they're all going about their lives. Because that is what God had called them to do. Now in the church, God also gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. As Paul writes that to the Ephesians, he's reminding them, towards the end of his life, of the importance of what The ministry is. Let's look at that again for a second. God gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Not everyone receives a divine call to be in an office of an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor or a teacher. But God divinely calls everyone to the work of ministry. Because he sets two different things apart in those things. First, those who receive the office receive it with additional responsibilities, but also additional burdens. Peter himself, shortly after our reading, receives restoration into the apostles from having denied Jesus. Three times Jesus asked, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Three times Peter replies back that he does. Three times he tells Peter to take care of the sheep. This restoration comes for his office, but also for himself. Because if he had not gotten the whole picture yet of what he had seen that morning... And the importance of it. Well, Peter's kind of missing things then. Because they go out and they fish all night and catch nothing. And see Jesus on the shore. The very first time Jesus and Peter crossed paths. Peter had been out all night fishing and caught nothing. And then Jesus tells them to cast it out on the other side. And both times brings in a huge haul of fish. Fish that was not needed, as John tells us. That once they got everything everything to the shore, Jesus already had a fire going with fish and bread on it. Because Jesus was there to help feed His sheep. Just as He was instructing them to go out and feed the sheep. Then we move to the first reading from Acts this morning. And we see Saul of Tarsus breathing out murderous threats against all those who are of the way, all those who carry the name of Christ. And Jesus tells Ananias, once he says, Wait, wait, wait this guy? Really? Have you not heard everything that we've heard? Jesus tells him, he has a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Because Saul of Tarsus had things that the other disciples and the other apostles did not. So he was a chosen instrument by Jesus to go out. And he starts in Damascus immediately, proclaiming Jesus in the synagogue, saying that he is the Son of God, doing the exact opposite of what he had come into Damascus to do. As I said, those who have offices have additional responsibilities, but they also have additional burdens, especially being the prime targets for persecution and even death. After Peter's restored to his apostleship, Jesus then says, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. And John adds the parenthetical statement. He said this to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. Peter, after another 30 years of ministry, goes on to die by crucifixion, but requesting to be crucified upside down because he was not worthy to be crucified like his Lord. Paul, on the other hand, Jesus says from the very beginning... I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. And Paul goes through, especially writing to the Corinthians, all the different things that happened to him. All the many disasters that he went through for the sake of proclaiming Christ. And then Paul ends up being beheaded on the road outside Jerusalem or outside Rome. But then others, as the writer to the Hebrews finishes off, his chapter on the great heroes of the faith. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release, so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated. Why? All for the name of Jesus. All for the sake of the ministry that had been entrusted to them. The ministry that they were doing to set up churches, to equip them to do the ministry in their areas. Which is what each and every one of us who bears the name of Christ is called to do. To minister to those God puts into our lives. Whether they be family or friends or even just strangers that we happen to cross paths with. Because in Damascus, that morning that Saul goes in, after three days of being blind, I'm sure the last thing Ananias thought he was going to have was a vision from God saying, go talk to the absolute worst enemy of the church and baptize him. But Ananias says, here I am, Lord. Regardless of what the assignment is, I'm here to go. Now, the one question we have with Paul in Damascus, how is he going to know which ones are the people who follow the way? How is he going to find the Christians? Well, first he's got the papers and the letters from the chief priest to the synagogues. He's going to the family and friends saying, Okay, who do you know who has left the faith? Who do you know that has wandered off after this Jesus guy? so we can bring him back. And so they would say, you know, my brother so-and-so, or my cousin, or whatever. But also, he could see by the people following after Jesus, bearing their cross in their daily lives, doing exactly what he had called them to do, but still proclaiming Christ to their neighbors and to their friends. Why? Because that is the joy that Easter gives us. That joy of having not just the cross that we have to bear, but the fact that that cross leads us to the crown of everlasting glory that we strive for in this life, knowing that we'll never attain it here. But for most of us, if Jesus does not come back first, we will have to go through death in the grave. To achieve it. So then we sang just a few moments ago, then let us follow Christ our Lord and take the cross appointed and firmly clinging to his word and suffering be undaunted. To be like Peter and Paul and James and John and Thomas and Nathaniel and all the others who were going about their lives but still going about the work of the ministry of the gospel. As Peter would say, I'm sure as James and John would also say, go fish. Because they were called to be fishers of men. And so are we. Going as we go, making disciples of all nations in the gospel. Amen.